0: getting hitched there's a podcast for that and you're listening to it the save the date wedding podcast the number one podcast about all things wedding-y what a delight it is to be well look it's to be sharing some time again with my lovely lovely friend nova from new bride we have just finished a video interview how exciting hi thank you for having me again i thought it was only fair that we did a podcast as well so if you will see this, if you do, uh, well, I, I don't know when it's going to be up, but if you, you obviously would be subscribing to Nova's various social medias and you'll see it, but Nova just interviewed me. So it was quite nice to be in that zone of being interviewed and being on my best behavior.
1: It was lovely to have you, and yes, it's, it's lovely to be interviewing you. I think
0: you're doing a phenomenal job in the industry, so I wanted to show you off on New Bride Live. Well, thank you very much. It was lovely to be shown off, and uh, you've been one of my best supporters, so I thank you very much. We've hit the 100 episodes. It's all happening. It's all very exciting. Fantastico. <laughs> <laughs> so today, we have come back. We've talked about lots of things in the past. We've talked about uh, confidence talked about removing bullshit from your (laughs) wedding. My word's not yours. And today we thought we'd talk about politics.
1: Oh, wow. Absolutely. I think there are a lot of wedding planning politics that get thrown into the mix and I think it would be nice to uncover some of them Mm. and help. And help.
0: I think one of the questions you asked in the video is really that we are questions I get asked are usually surrounding, you know, family politics, people fighting about money, having problems with mother-in-laws and mothers clashing. It's really hard because it's bringing two communities together that don't necessarily have the same vibes and asking them to all get along and agree. Yep, I think uh, weddings, I've said it before, weddings bring out the best in
1: some people and the worst in others. um, And it can really define your relationship with some people as well um yeah
0: that's a good point because this is like it's an unnatural thing I think planning a big event whether it be a wedding or a party or a launch or something we don't do this in our everyday lives and it does heighten the emotion attached to it because everyone comes in with expectations and everyone has certain ideas about what they want but then they don't necessarily communicate that in a very responsible adult manner
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah divert to uh, childhood tantrums quite a lot I think that's why lots of brides get tagged with the title Bridezilla um, and the grooms certainly have their moments as well um so that's interesting because we never talk about when the guys have the meltdowns well,
0: and they do they well do.
1: i think they probably probably would label them something else but yeah just frustration botheration disdain annoyance you know all the things that we go through as well i think you know planning a wedding can be frustrating and it can be all-consuming and when you're dealing with the politics on top and the psychologies of
0: being in conflict with with people with different values than you it can be a challenge mm. and i think men also and this is generalizing about our lovely male companions and this is not just saying for straighty weddings this is for same sex weddings as well of course. there's partners that sometimes just go oh it's just easier to shut my mouth and agree than get into a fight or change things or get involved absolutely for a peaceful life i'll just you know
1: you make the decisions you do it and I'm, I'm i'm done with talking about chair covers i've got an obsession with
0: chair covers today yeah so in the video you'll see uh, that we nova and i both express our feelings about chair covers and we think they're fucking horrible <laughs> which was exactly what i said so she'll have fun beeping me out in my potty mouth but i think they're completely a waste of money there are a lot of
1: better alternatives. <laughs> you can do so much with a look. So, yeah, they're not for
0: everyone. Sorry, cheer cover business people but you're going to have to move on
1: for those who only know about chair covers there
0: are alternatives so please do view those as well yeah uh, we, and look go pinterest there's like millions of others or just get a better chair that doesn't need a fucking cover just yeah that's that's what i would say get a nice chair that you don't need to cover up yeah in the first place get a hipster chair go old school <laughs> who cares so i think it's really it's it's this is so great to be talking about this because i know a lot of people sort of say it gets to two weeks before the wedding and I implode. So I hope people listening today will be able to have some insight into perhaps how to just uh, quell, qualm, don't know, they're not the right words, Cool off the craziness before it even occurs. So that's where we're going with this one. Yeah, I think it's about um,
1: managing people. Uh, being aware of how their responses are affecting you emotionally and um, just being aware of your own stress levels and and how to manage and contain those um, because planning can be stressful and yeah just being aware of it I think
0: more than anything. I was speaking to a lovely friend yesterday Um, we went to a wedding event and it was gorgeous and she's also getting married and she said that you know her parents had certain expectations about her wedding and she had to have a chat with them and the chat was really a little bit traumatic but now it's cleared the air and they're all on the same page so I loved hearing that from her because I think she is someone and she knows who I'm talking about someone who probably you know her parents were quite traditional in what they were expecting and that's not what she wanted so it can be really difficult to have that discussion and every parent is different but it's really worth it isn't it It's worth it. And
1: I I remember when um, Mr Newbride and I got engaged, we we couldn't plan anything because we didn't know how much money we would have. Mm -hmm. We hadn't had the conversation about whether our parents would be able to contribute or not. And, And we actually thought, well, we can't move forward until we know so we're going to have have this conversation it was so awkward it was you know it it was just it's not something you do how much money you're going to give me or not Um, yes and it's an awful it's an awful thing to ask you have to have the conversation you know whether whether they can contribute or not has an impact on whether you can get married in six months or two years whether you're saving for it yourself or, or whether you're going to have some some help from from people in your life so I remember that being awkward but we managed we got through it no one died um and yeah it helped us be able to to start managing our expectations and theirs as well and I remember my mum afterwards um we had a little chat in the kitchen and she said look when I got married, my mum completely took over. So she said, I'm going to get excited with this. If at any point you feel I'm taking over, you need to tell me. So I thought it was great. It set the boundaries. So halfway through the planning when she started to get a bit...
0: Oh, great. Yeah. I
1: was like, Mum, remember that conversation we had in the kitchen? Remember the it's kitchen? now. It's yeah. happening now. <laughs> so it was nice. We had the boundaries. And I think, you know, most people, it, when they're involved in your planning in some way, whether that's friends or family... They're, they're involved because they are utterly excited for you and they—they they most people adore weddings and they adore being involved. So don't misinterpret their joy and their excitement for you for them being horrible meddling people because they're probably not. They're probably just doing things in a way that you, you don't need them to. So it's just about being upfront in a nice, respectful way um, to acknowledge their feelings really because I think most people are doing it out of kindness rather than cruelty. To just,
0: I agree I've said this before that if people are offering you help and assistance in one way and you don't need it in that way don't just fob them off sort of say actually thank you so much for your advice or thanks for offering this but with would- We'd rather do this other thing, but could you help us here? I think there are ways that you can funnel their assistance and advice into a a way that works for you. Don't just let them go if if that's the way. But also, it is hard to say, thank you, but no. Exactly.
1: I think people, well, I think British people more than anyone, we are very polite and uh, we don't like hurting people's feelings, (laughs) even if we're so annoyed ourselves.
0: It's fine. I'm okay. Yes, I'm not okay. Um, I'm dead inside, but thanks so much for helping me. (laughs) Thanks for you. But it is that thing of just... I hear people become, I think with the Brits as well, probably less so with the, my US listeners, but they, they become a bit yes men in the sense of going, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that. And then you go, oh my gosh, I've agreed to do things I do not want to do. I don't want you to have you in my bridal party. But I said yes because I was being polite.
1: I mean, yeah, I'll go on to bridal parties now. I mean, that's, that's, that's an interesting one for me. Oh, well, I need to have this one as a bridesmaid because I was bridesmaid. at their <sighs> wedding. That's, that's a, that noise. And their wedding was 10 years ago and you were 7
0: Exactly. And I actually had a listener write a lovely, lovely email just saying, oh, I went out and had a couple of drinks and I was with this girl and we started talking about the wedding and I felt guilty and suddenly she became a bridesmaid and now how do I, can I un-bridesmaid her because I don't want to do that anymore.
1: It's weird, isn't it? I always say, if you're doing something out of obligation, it's the wrong motivation. Completely. Um, just be honest and upfront. You can be honest without being cruel. That's a, that's the a thing I think people struggle with. Um, there's no point doing something that is not, not in alignment with your values or who you want to celebrate your day with. Um, and just having them there as a guest is is enough. Um, don't feel like just because you they you you know you were their bridesmaid 15 years ago, and if your relationship hasn't taken you
0: in a journey where you're closer anymore it doesn't mean you have to reciprocate no yeah we have a lovely friend who had 10 bridesmaids because she did not do that that shit you not 10 bridesmaids very expensive yeah it was and you know she's probably someone (laughs) (laughs) true (laughs) very true she probably i think now in hindsight she said absolutely not but she didn't want to have that conversation so she's like yeah you're all my friends let's come and do it
1: yeah um another another wedding planning bit of politics that comes up a lot is when families are fragmented um, Mm -hmm. fallouts uh, whether there's divorce or there's separation mum and dad aren't together anymore or you know you don't have a good relationship with one or the other and this one's not talking to that one. And then navigating the table plan. Well, I should should I invite that one? Because if I invite them, then mum's going to be upset. All of these sorts of things. And I think you need to have honest conversations and ask ask the
0: people who are in your life to be adults for a day. Exactly. And have who you want there. With Put us. your troubles in a box for a day. And I'm, not, I'm always encouraging of being open. But also, if parents are divorced and they bring their boyfriends and girlfriends, or second, third wives, who cares, you could just shut up for the day and have a nice time. Sit apart. Don't talk, smile for the photos, go home. Exactly. Be adults. It's amazing that we all sort of regress into children yeah. sometimes during weddings. It's fascinating. Years ago, I did, um, for my final piece in at my university studies, I had to do a, a, a thesis. And I did some, this is going to be weird, this is a weird jump, but I did a story on women in the funeral industry. And it was fascinating, I've got to meet a lot of wonderful entrepreneurial women who were very upbeat and fabulous for being around dead people all the time. But one of my lovely interviewees said, you'd be surprised at how many punch-ups happen at funerals. And it always rings around in my head, especially in working now in sort of the wedding world, the same stuff happens because funerals and weddings bring out emotions that aren't necessarily um, in front of mind all the time and you get there and you with Relatives you're not normally with, and and you know there's money attached to it. Obviously, in funerals, the same thing. There are wills and all this sort of stuff. But it's when people go, "Oh Jesus, I really don't like you," or "You really made me feel bad at this time when we were 16 or whatever." And it it is that thing of trying to figure out if that stuff's going to happen, and not freak out about it, but I think be prepared and maybe work around not sitting people together, or if you know someone's going to cause trouble. Have don't a conversation, or mean, don't invite them.
1: Yeah, for us it
0: was,
1: um, there's colourful families, you, you know, in every every relation. Everyone's got them. Colourful history. And for some choices it was, don't, we, we can't invite them. Um, and those were decisions that, that me and my hubby made together. Um, and they weren't, we, you know, I worried a little bit that there would be huge implications, but they weren't really, it was the right decision, and, um yeah i just think you've got to be honest uh and not try to appease and and please everyone else because you'll just send yourself into a state of anxiety and, and you will be the one who's not happy and at the end of the day it's you and your partner that is celebrating and and you shouldn't be made to feel any other way other than happy and joyful
0: so yeah happy and joyful is what we want you are listening to the save the date wedding podcast my lovely guest is nova from newbride.com she's just won an award congratulations on that Thank you very much. We're going to talk more about the award in a moment, but let's listen to this. All right. You have, we, I was wonderful to be at the wedding blog awards with you. They haven't got a podcast category yet, but that's coming. Um, (laughs) what a bitch. Uh, (laughs) Tell me a little bit about your award because your speech was bloody great. I whooped and hollered as much as I could in a professional environment What was the award, and let's talk about that. So it
1: was the annual Wedding Blog Awards. It's the third year. It's run by Wedding Magazine, um, which is a huge mainstream magazine in the UK. And um, my blog was up for Best Inspiration category, Mm. and I won that last year. This year, uh, I didn't expect to win, and I didn't win, so I'd, I'd actually zoned out by that point. She checked out. <laughs> I checked out. thought, right, my category's gone. I'm not winning any. I'm not up for anything She else. got really drunk. She was missed. No, <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> um, and every year, the editor picks their own award. They have their own award, and they pick their own blog, and I got uh, the Editor's Choice Award. Amazing. Uh, for the work New Bride has been doing to encourage the UK industry to be more inclusive with how
0: they represent bridal beauty. So um, for me, that was A huge accolade. Yeah, and I think also it was great watching all these women in the audience. You know, sort of go, "Oh, geez, all right, she means business." When you stood up, you gave a wonderful speech, and it was very poignant. And it was also a, a bit of a, you know, fist pumping. Yes, thank you, Nova, for saying that about saying, "Hey, you are all the powerful people in the room in the UK wedding industry." A lot of people were there that make a lot of big decisions when it comes to who they put in the front of their magazine, who they put in their blogs, and. to use that time to make the statement, I was so proud of you, so bloody good on you thank you um, I was unprepared
1: actually, and I was a bit bit up and down for for various reasons so i i always I am always myself I am only ever myself, and um, I just felt again for the people who are in positions of power and people who care and people who understand the message and get it because it won't resonate with everybody and those that do, if you're in a position of power, you have the power to do it. You have the power to change things and improve things. And I am only one person. I can't do that on my own. So I'm trying to rally rally up some troops to, to try, try and help and just
0: validate more people by acknowledging them. And the irony is, I think, you know, I... I went home and I was thinking about your speech and I was thinking about um so diversity is in color race religion no religion same-sex weddings it's such a huge shape size size, oh my goodness yeah it's a big it's a big game changer that ironically if they embraced all of these different people they'd make a lot more money (laughs) morons
1: It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, after my award, I was asked to be uh, interviewed by by somebody from Wedding Daily, and they were asking me, what do you think the barriers are? And I said, I'm not sure I should say this on camera, but I think there are a lot of... I think in, in society in general, we get into a culture and a habit that we always do things because they're the way they've always done them, mm. and that's not a proper reason not to do something differently or not to try something else, and there's a fear of, of just stepping outside our comfort zone and 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 I also think that there is some politics that go on with with perception of beauty and, and I think that 's a barrier we just need to keep fighting and that 's not in the wedge industry that 's across the board and that 's
0: absolutely yeah
1: so you just keep driving, keep fighting, and, and you know keep doing things like Lupita actress Lupita Nyongo, who won an Oscar last year. Um, even in her acceptance speech, she she talked about how she didn't feel beautiful as a child because she didn't see versions of herself in the media, mm-hmm. and how she would plead that you know she was a different skin color or that she'd wake up and I think she said something like she used to pray to God that she'd wake up and her skin would be white, and that was just because she didn't feel beautiful because she didn't see it. So it's far and widespread. It's not you know it's not unique to me. It's not unique to our industry. It's it's widespread and it's just slowly just changing. And just throwing in a bit more of a mix of, of the perception of beauty. And, um, you know, I hope that one
0: day New Bride doesn't have to exist. Well, I was going to say exactly the same thing that it's, I mean, <laughs> I think you're fabulous and what you do. You can move on to your next venture. But the idea to say we shouldn't even have to be encouraging diversity because be it should be there. You, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, you
1: just pick up a magazine and you, you see a gorgeous woman, or it'd be nice to see some guys on magazines soon as well. Just a gorgeous person on the front of a Cover of a magazine that just happens to be black or white
0: or Asian, or, or two Chinese boys together
1: or two, or two girls boys. together, and it do, you don't even bat an
0: eyelid. It just is. So that's see. I think you should put lesbians on the front of bridal magazines because there's two wedding dresses and two sets of stuff, yeah, or maybe even the pantsuit. You know, I'm obsessed. Of course. With it. Oh my god, a pantsuit! <laughs> I could live in a pantsuit. Although you do when in the winter, if you've got to take, you've got to go wheeze, You've got to take all your clothes off i never thought about that. It's inconvenient, isn't it? And you're sort of naked in a toilet. And I think, what if this is what this is working? The workings of my brain. If there's an earthquake and I'm in a pantsuit and I'm in just bras and you know on the toilet, and shit goes down, I'm naked. <laughs> I never think that yeah, through. Welcome to my mind. Well, you feel a bit vulnerable in the little cubicle, don't you? You do. And you think, oh, the door falls open. There's I'm just sitting there's there a on gap the underneath. can, yeah. just peer peering, yes, <laughs> nude. <laughs> okay. So we'll think that, but in the future we will all pant- wear pantsuits all the time because that's the future. Oh, they look so elegant. I love them so. Uh, the pant- that's
1: you know that's for me. It's just showcasing a bit more choice in the mainstream. So that's mm. what I'm trying to do. And
0: yeah. Well, I think you know what you do is amazing, and that's why I always uh, love having time with you on the show. Now we need to get back to our topic. We have veered off a little bit. But I just thought it was very important to acknowledge what you did yesterday because it's bloody great. Um, Politics, to go back to it, what do you think when we're talking to parents in particular, because that is really one of the biggest um, issues I have, is bringing two families together. And also, it seems to be the competing mother-in-law. And that's cliche, but it really does seem to still be an issue. When you're bringing matriarchs together, what
1: the hell do you do? Be honest. Be honest. Again, have the conversation. You know, I love, you know, like a sandwich, compliment. Positive compliment at the top. And then here of What's bothering you in the middle? <laughs> and another positive compliment at the bottom. You know, I love that you're so involved. I love that you're so infused by my wedding. But I'm finding this really challenging and I really want to do this. And it would be really helpful if you did X, Y, and Z instead. But again, I really love your enthusiasm and, you know, I can't wait to involve you on the day. You know, give them a role maybe. You know, sometimes by assigning them a role it can help give them a different focus as well
0: and and stop them meddling in areas. That's a great suggestion. Give them something else to do. Even if it's an unofficial title that means nothing, give them something.
1: Make them feel involved. I think that's the main thing. But it doesn't mean you need to involve them in bits you don't want them involved in. Think of a role that they're really good at and involve them in it. It might be something... I don't know. I can't think of anything right now.
0: But sure, give them a roll. There seems to be an underhanded power play that also occurs, which I find fascinating. With two families coming together, and one um, email I got actually, I did a hundredth anniversary survey, and it was fabulous. And I've been sharing the results of that and just reading out people's biggest wedding challenges to try and inspire topics like this very topic um and themes for each episode and one one reader did say I really feel like the mother-in-law and mother are battling just for the fucking sake of it just for going oh I've got more power in this like He-Man and Skeletor and (laughs) this that's a if you don't know what I just said I'm older than you uh but the idea to go I don't think they're even battling for a point it's just to say I have more say in this and I found that incredibly frustrating on behalf of this bride because I thought, what a waste of energy and emotion, and what are these people doing? Crazy old ladies! It, it's it's unnecessary. Um, I don't always think
1: that people behave. I don't always think that they're conscious of the way that they're behaving, um, but it's 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 feeling insecure that that drives it. Sometimes it's being wanting to feel important again. So if you give them a role, it might eliminate some of. This nonsense that's what I want to call
0: it because that's what it is it's nonsense I find also like you going back to saying be honest I had a few times in my life and perhaps I'm ballsy and outspoken when it comes to this sort of stuff but I think if you turn it and say actually you're making me feel really uncomfortable or you're hurting my feelings with the way you say or am I not important to you or I went home and I was really after that conversation I felt really shit so Mm -hmm. can we swap it so maybe Playing on the emotions of saying, actually, when you speak over me, or you say I don't like that, I think this is a bad decision, or I feel like you are taking over and and I'm removing all choices from this. Maybe the guilt trip also works quite well. I shouldn't I th- call it that. Well, well,
1: <laughs> yeah, it can do. I think it, it, you know, you know, your relationship w- with your mum or, or, or person who you're having difficulty with, so you'll know. Well, you should know how how you can handle it. I always say you can be honest
0: without being cruel. So totally, yeah. And maybe turning it in, and saying actually the way you speak to me about this makes me feel bad. Yeah. A lot of the time, that's quite a powerful thing when they go, oh, "I had no idea." Exactly, because most of the time they're not doing it on purpose to hurt, to be.
1: You know, I'd like to think they're not doing it on purpose to be malicious or to hurt you. So to hear that should be all you need to just have a change in direction. But you think of this: remember the sandwich feedback. Positive sandwich on top, middle bit's the hard bit. Positive on the bottom. I bloody love the sandwich <laughs> feedback.
0: I want to leave. Uh, we're going to wind up very shortly. But I, um, during our wedding, we decided on the Friday night before our wedding, we would have all our friends come and stay at this beautiful house. And we cooked up a couple of batches of bolognese over a series of weeks and froze them and then took them to the house, defrosted, put a bit of mozzarella and parmesan on top, delicious, fed the troops. Now, my mother-in-law, wonderful Veronica, who I love, and you're going to hear her on the podcast coming up very soon. I'm going to, yeah, interview V. But she was obsessed with everyone getting sick from our food, which I found a little offensive. But also, you know, she was caring and concerned, but also Alarm Bell's worst-case scenario. She went to the idea that we're all going to be in hospital shitting our guts up. <laughs> why? Because that was the worst – because she went into the oh, yeah, – why is a great question. We're like, you, it's Well, it's cooked meat <laughs> – it's not going to be out on a counter for four days. We're putting it straight in the freezer. We're defrosting it, putting it on a hot plate. Oh, it's going to be hot. We'll cook away all the germs that don't exist. Everyone will eat it. And she kept saying, we need to order pizza. We need to get something delivered. I'm, like, I'm not going to eat pizza the night before my wedding. I want to get in that dress. It's disgusting. So <laughs> this was the thing. This is a stupid battle that we fought for months.
1: About... Hallucination
0: really. Yeah, about bolognese. The bolognese hallucination. And in the end, we both agreed to say, listen, this is not happening. We're feeding them the bolognese. We're gonna need you to stop talking about the bolognese. It's ridiculous. I'm getting phone calls at all hours about bolognese. And you know what? She shut up about it. We all ate the bolognese. No one got sick. It was fine, and we moved on with our lives. But she held on to that, and I and that was a little moment of something saying, "Well, don't you don't you want to hear my opinion? I've lived for seventy years. I know exactly what people eat and make them sick." And you go, "Yes, I totally respect that, but we're not going to do what you say.
1: We're going to have it anyway. Yeah, we're that's eat it. the bolognese."
0: Exactly. It. I think you should listen,
1: and but be able to be honest as well. Give give them a give them a chance to it. Air their views and their ideas and if they're not in alignment with yours then it's time to be honest and if you can and if it's appropriate give them a role make them feel important that's what it's
0: all about i think at the end of the day fabulous 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 it's wonderful to have you here thank you for your wonderful guidance if you would like to know more and you do of course you can be any color shape size ethnicity you can be boning girls or boys it doesn't really matter visit newbride.com Follow all your social media. Gosh, you're good on the social medias. I try to be. It's exhausting. It really is. It's another full-time job, on top of our already full-time jobs. It is. <laughs> Nova and I don't sleep. Ever. Or see our partners. <laughs> Ever. So I'm, I'm publicly saying sorry to my husband now for all Me too. <laughs> Me too. And just the constant checking of the phone, the retweeting, the plussing, the bloody hearts, all this bullshit we seem to do, which is wonderful. But also, this is a message, step away from the screens. Step away from the screens, be
1: mindful, have some downtime, put the phone away. My husband and I have started the no no phones after 10 o'clock thing. Love it. It Takes practice, but it's working. Yeah, switch it off, put it in another room. That will make you stop. Switch it off. Anyone who needs to get a hold of you has your landline anyone who doesn't need to get a hold of you can wait till the next day yeah
0: and pinterest you'll still be there tomorrow (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) or fortunately oh depending on how i'm feeling today hey thank you so much we will talk again soon and uh congratulations again on your wonderful awards thank you so much alicia such a pleasure save the date wedding podcast don't plan your wedding without it